But uh, Psalms 129. Psalms 129. It should be a very familiar passage to everybody. If you study your Bible, read your Bible, you should know this passage. But I imagine some people don't know that. Psalms 129, when you find it, say amen. amen. Let's stand. Psalms 129, the first two verses this morning, and I'll go on that. Many times have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Let's read that again. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We ask you to touch our hearts, open our minds, Lord, to receive the message that you have in store for us. Lord, empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you read the heading of your Bible, it has a song of degrees. This was a song or a psalm uh, they would sing making their way up the steps to the temple of the Lord. They had all kinds of different songs for different days, holidays, different feast days, and they made their way up the steps to the temple. They would sing these songs as they were going. In the first verse, it said of this chapter, the psalmist is speaking nationally. He's talking about Israel itself. As God's people, as God's country, Israel could say from the very time of their conception, from their youth, from the beginning, from the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now to these present days, uh, Israel can say nationally, they have been afflicted by the time they were brought up as a nation. The truth is there has never been a nation more afflicted than that of Israel. The land that God walked Abraham through and said, I'm going to give it to you and your seeds. Uh, there ain't never been a more hotly contested uh, ground on this planet. That, that, that's, the that's a small spot next to the Mediterranean Sea known as Israel. You read about the wars, not just in the scriptures, but the post-scriptures, but also the wars to come. This is one of the most deadliest pieces of ground on this planet. But it goes further than just dealing with the nation of Israel. This is where you and I can get in, get in on this. He goes to a personal thought. Look at how he changes from Israel talking to himself in verse number 2. As a man personally trying to live for God... It's, I, the man is unnamed. He's an unnamed individual. I have been afflicted in my walk with the Lord. I have been battled against. While I tried my best to live like God wants me to, uh, I'm trying to live for the glory of God. I hope that we all can identify with this man and understand as God's people what it's like to be afflicted just because you're trying to do right. The word afflicted in the text means uh, to be depressed, to be harassed, to be constantly pressed down. As a Christian man and woman, we know what it's like to be constantly harassed, 
pressed down by the world, by the flesh, and by our adversary, the devil, this morning. There's not one of us that could say, I've been trying to live for the Lord, that you have not stand and testify that you know what it's like to be afflicted this morning. The world is a constant harasser and presses upon the life and the heart of the people of God constantly. We're, we're in a world today, uh, but we're not of this world. While we're in this world, you, you watch advertisements, you watch the TV programs, you see what's going on in the political world, or just go uptown and you get arrest. Constant barbarment, uh, barbarment uh, against your values, against your stand for the Word of God. There is a constant saying, this is right, uh, and that is wrong, uh, that is wrong, uh, and this is right. We're constantly being harassed about what we believe and how we believe it. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 7, For that which I do... I allow not. For that I would do that I, I do not. But what I hate, this I do. Paul said, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. But those things that I never thought I would be doing, I, I find myself doing them. As a Christian, there's some things that you've got to push away. You've got to get it out of your life and, and start doing the things that God wants you to do. Paul says, I, I, I just find myself doing the things that God wants me to do and not what the world tells me I ought to be doing. Peter said, your adversary is the devil. As a roaring lion... Walk about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is trying to hinder you this morning. The devil is trying to harass you this morning. The devil is trying to harm you this morning. We all know what it's like and can identify with the psalmist when he said, Many times have I been afflicted. Who is they? Many a time they have afflicted me. Who is they? The world, the flesh, the devil, they're all out to afflict you. They're all out to press upon you. They're all out to harass the child of God this morning. But in spite of that, this man in your afflictions this morning, as the people of God, I like to look at the last part of verse 2. He said, yet... In spite of the affliction, in spite of the harassment, in spite of the constant pressure, yet they have not prevailed against me. The psalmist said, uh, when the smoke clears, uh, I am still standing. When the storm has blown away, I'm still standing. When the harassment is over, I'm still standing. It said, uh, it didn't knock me out. It didn't knock me down. It didn't change my mind. I'm still standing for God this morning. I'm still serving my king this morning. I'm still walking with the Lord. I'm still praying. I'm still reading my Bible. Yes, I've been afflicted. Yes, I have been harassed. You've been there this week. You've been there all the time. And you may have been harassed by the devil this week. Yes, you've been pressed down. But here you are 
telling the testimony that I am not knocked out. Even though I've been afflicted, even though I've been through the harassment and the storms of my life, it has not prevailed against me. You're still standing this morning. Listen to me. There will be afflictions in every child of God's life. It is absolutely unavoidable. They're going to come. 2 Timothy said 3, 12 said, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, not maybe, not might, shall suffer afflictions. Mark it down. Affliction is coming this morning. You can't do nothing about the affliction that's coming in your way. But you can do something about how it affects you. How, how you act upon it. You don't have to let the, uh, the afflictions press on you. You don't, have, like, you don't have to let it to prevail against you. You can't do nothing about the afflictions that's coming. They will come. Jesus said it must needs be their offenses come. They are coming. You can't do nothing about it. But you can help. Your job is to make sure they don't prevail against you. That word prevail carries a a thought of an adversary or an enemy that has killed another enemy. It's like hand-to-hand combat in the old days. Uh, You get this picture of it that he kills him, then he's standing over top of him. He says, I've defeated you. He's been shown victorious because he's defeated. That's exactly what the devil's trying to do to you this morning. Make sure at the end of your affliction, yes, you may get cut. Yes, you may get beat up. Yes, you may take some wounds. Uh, you may get knocked down, but just make sure it, that you say it, that you're still done at the enemy, that you're not knocked down, you're not giving up, you're not walking. You, let me tell you, there's a lot of many dead corpus in, 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 in the Christian world today. Spiritually. Talking about spiritually. Dead corpse spiritually this morning because the devil or the world or the flesh has come against them and afflicted them and caused them to die right in that spot. Somehow or another you've been whipped into submission to the world and whipped into submission by the devil and the things of earth. If you go down, get back up. Get back into the fight. Get back in the church. Get back in the Bible. Get back to praying. Make sure they don't prevail against you this morning. Preaching on this thought this morning. Afflicted, but not affected. Afflicted, but not affected. See, you can't do anything about the, letting the world, the devil, of the flesh afflicting you. That's going to happen. We can't stop that. What we can do is something about letting it affect us. The problem with a lot of Christians is they just get afflicted. They get afflicted. 
They stop constantly letting your circumstances affect your walk and hinder your walk and get you all upset and it affects you. It doesn't just afflict you, it affects you. Paul said uh, we are troubled on every side, praise God, yet not distressed. Uh, we are perplexed uh, but not in despair. We are persecuted but forsaken. We're cast down but not destroyed this morning. Paul said over and over, four times in the verse, I've been afflicted, but I have not been affected. I've been afflicted, but I have not been affected. I have been afflicted, but I have not been affected. I have been afflicted, but I have not been affected. Yes, it's going to come. It will come. But Paul says, it has not changed my stand. It has not changed my thought. What the devil, what evil causes this morning, I refuse to let my Christian life, the way some people live their Christian life, affected by the afflictions that this world can throw at you. I refuse to do that. So many of God's people are constantly letting the world, the devil, affect their spirit, their walk with God, and affect their joy affect their peace the world did not give you the peace the world did not give you the joy the center of your rule in your life should be Jesus Christ this morning it's not the world my, my center of rule is not anchored in this world it's anchored in another world praise God Sunday morning come and we shout and crying tears and praising God and giving God the glory. But on Sunday night, they come back and they sit around. What happened? From Sunday morning to Sunday night, you're sitting around. Somebody afflicted them and something affected them. They let their flesh dictate on how they would act. They're constantly on a roller coaster. You ever seen anybody on a roller coaster ride as a Christian life? They're up one day, down the next. Up one day, down the next. You ought to get tired of that sometime or another. You ought to find stability in your life and your walk with God. I said their affliction's coming. You can't stop it. I can't stop it. Jesus said they're coming. You can't stop it. But you can change how it affects you. Find some stability in your life. Find some stability in your walk with God and just take it and keep going for God. Yeah, man. Amen. Sit around. Somebody must have licked your sugar off your candy between the afternoon service and night service. Amen. Get all upset. People say, I, would, I have been at church, but I'm just fighting it today. I, I've seen people come and shout, praise God, and then walk out the door and you never see them again. Somebody didn't give me no candy. I, I, I've seen people say, uh, why don't you come to church? Well, I would have came to church, but I'm just fighting it today. What are you fighting? What are you fighting? Well, you, you don't understand. Uh, somebody said something at church that made me upset. I'm having to fight that. I can't go there and deal with that. And, and in church, let me just say this. Let's get this right off the onset of it right now, if you come into church 
looking for me, looking for somebody else. We're all in this flesh together. We're going to disappoint you. I'm going to disappoint you. We're In fact, we're all going to disappoint each other because why? We're still robed in this flesh. It's going to happen. If you start coming to church, get your eyes off the world, off the eyes of the people in it, and start getting on God, you won't worry about what everybody's saying. You won't care what everybody's doing. Just let God take care of it. I don't want to go back to that church anymore. They talk about me. Really? Really? I had a guy says, I don't like your church because you're always preaching on me. <laughs> Never was it formally introduced to him. Didn't even know, really know his name. Didn't really know what he said, but you're always preaching on me. I'm not preaching on you. If you got a guilt, if you got a guilty conscience on something God tells you, something God's dealing with your heart, I say something, and God, the Holy Spirit gets to your heart and starts dealing with your heart. It's God. Don't look at me and say, hey, you preaching. I had one, I had one guy look at me and said, Do you, my wife tell you what I did? Because you preached all over me. <laughs> no, she didn't tell me what you did, but what did you do? I'm inquiry. I want to, I'm an inquisitive mind. I would like to know. But we're like that. If you come to church and your eyes are focused on the flesh, if you're focused on me, if you're focused on somebody else, you're going to get let down. And a lot of people say uh, that's what happens. They get looking at somebody in church and they get disappointed. And that's happened. Or, or, or they uh, start looking at somebody in church that uh, uh, they look up to. And something happens. You get discouraged. You get discouraged. Can I say this before we get well, Let me go ahead and get started. Three ways that the devil, the flesh, and the world can cause you to slip and fall. That can affect you. Three areas that it can affect you. First one is, don't let the afflictions affect your life in bitterness. Don't, don't let the affliction, like I said, you may be sitting in church and, and you look at somebody in a uh, place of authority and they do something and it affects you. You may be here looking at somebody that you put on a pedestal and think they're doing good and, and they do something wrong and it affects you. Don't let the things of this world, don't let the things of going on to affect what you do. Don't let bitterness in your life come in. Don't let that afflicted bitterness make you a bitter person. Because it will happen. We, we get like that sometimes. We get in that, uh, that bitterness. There will be bitter places in your life. Just like afflictions. You're going to walk through some bitter places in your life. It's coming. I've been there. Don't, don't let it make you a bitter person. You're going to end up in a sour place if you do. Don't let your sour person. There is nothing worse getting around a Christian that is in constantly afflicted, has been affected to the end of the point. There's no sweetness in their walk with God anymore. We've all seen Christians like that. You talk to them for just a minute or two, there's nothing right. Everything's wrong. 
that just got no joy in their life. They got no joy in their walk with God. They are constantly bitter. They're constantly pointing at things just ain't right. You talk to them, it's, a, it's all bad. It's all going downhill. There are afflictions that cause them to get bitter. And if you take, talk to them long enough, any length of time, you'll start feeling the same way they do. Let me just say this. Don't let the afflictions make you bitter, but let the afflictions make you better, a better Christian. We know that afflictions come, and we know that we're going to have these things against us because you're in the flesh, you're in the world, and your adversary, the devil, is coming at you. It wants to hinder you. It wants to stop you. It wants to get you off the course that God has laid out for you. Don't let it make you a bitter person in this world. Can I say this? Listen to this. It is not hard to get bitter. It is not hard to get bitter. But it's hard not to get bitter. It's hard not to get bitter. Getting bitter ain't hard. That's, that, that, that's, that's always. Just let yourself go long enough and you're going to get bitter at something other. What is hard is taking the affliction that comes your way People that done you wrong, people that talked about you, people that hurt you, the devil put stuff in your mind saying, hey, hey, they give you that, they said this and they said that. Don't let it get to a place in your life to make you bitter. Well, I'm not going around anybody no more because they said this. I ain't talking to them no more. You can't be like that. In fact, you can't be that way. You can't be bitter. If you're a child of God this morning, you're called to help people. You're called to help the hurting people. As a child of God, you are called to love people. How can some Christians sit around with a pooched mouth and a thumb stuck up in their mouth, love somebody, want to get hurt every time somebody says something? I, I, I told them a long time ago, and I've told you, I'm not walking on eggshells around anybody. If you don't like it, you need to say something. But it ain't me. It's the Word of God that's telling you. It, that's the problem with a lot of Christians today. They get so upset and bitter at something that happened in church. And it's changed their entire course that they're walking now. It happens. It happens. Robert E. Lee. General Robert E. Lee. I read this story. After the war was over, he was visiting a, a friend. A mansion, one of those big mansions there. And, and, and she was uh, taking him around and showing him the rooms and the house and everything. She said, I want to show you something. She walked out the front door, and out the front door was a great old big tree. She says, that was my favorite tree. It was all shot up and beat up and ragged and split in two and all that stuff. She said, that, that was my favorite tree. We've been in this, uh, on this land for generations, and it was planted generations ago. I, I, what are you going to do about that? She was, she was just thinking maybe he, she can get uh, General Lee on her bandwagon and call some ruckus. General Robert E. Lee, a godly man, said this. You know what I'll do about it? i just forget about it. It's what you ought to do, just forget about it. Let me just tell the Christians this morning. 
something come your way, something's happened in your life, and you're still harking on that months ago, years ago, and you still, won't you just cut it down and forget about it? Let it go. That's the problem is we just don't let things go. We harbor that little bit of anger and it makes us bitter in our life when we're walking with God. If you just cut it down and bury it under the blood of Jesus Christ and let it go and go on for the glory of God. But it's all it's doing is keeping you in that bitter place this morning. That's all it does. One of the first ways that affects, they get afflicted, is they get bitter. And you can know, and you know it's coming. You, you know, you don't see a lot of bitter young people. You don't see a lot of bitter young kids like we got. You don't see a lot of them bitter. Why? Because they ain't gone through a lot of afflictions yet. They, they can get into a fight out there, and five minutes later, they forgot about it. They're right back playing. They, they, you know, and it, it takes that affliction, the compounding, one on top of one on top, over and over and over. Throughout your life, that's when it starts compounding. Young people, you don't see many bitter young persons. And we ought to be just like a childlike. In fact, the Bible says, in your affliction, you ought to be a child. In your affliction, you ought to be a childlike. You know, when you get afflicted, be like a child. It's coming your way. It's going to hit you like that. But get over it. Don't let it build up in you. Don't harbor it. Get it out of your life. Walk on. Go on for the glory of God. Don't let it keep you down. I am one that refuses to be that way. You say, preacher, I know people have done me wrong. I know people have done me wrong. I know people have done this. And they were close to me. But I'm not going to walk around with it in my life. I'm not going to uh, see if I get them back. I, I, I'm just going to uh, leave it alone and let God deal with it. I don't want it to affect me. And there are some people that you just don't need to be around. Because every time you get around them, they'll start affecting you in a negative way. Pray for them to go on. Don't, don't let the, your afflictions... Give you a bitter spirit. Don't let the affections, uh, your afflictions affect you in a backslidden spot. Some people cannot handle Satan constantly harassing them. You know what they do? They get out of church. Now there are some people that stay in church with their bitter spirit. Amen. But some people let it afflict them affecting them in a way that they just get out of church and they don't come back. We don't see them no more. They're just in a backslidden condition on the Lord. They go back to drinking. They go back to smoking. They go back to running the roads. They go back to all those things. They're living their own life. They're doing their own thing. As what happens when some affliction affected them, they got to the place where they just got backslidden on the Lord. It happens. I'm not going to let somebody afflict me to the point that I backslid on God. Every one of us here has a point uh, 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 living in the flesh, and we have that ability to afflict. 
I, I've watched so many washed up Christians. I'm talking about preachers now, what I'm talking about. Get out of the ministry because they let afflictions into their life. Whether it be something of the health, or whether it be uh, something marital, or whether it be something of their children, whether it be financial, or something mentally, whatever it was, the affliction of life compounded one over another, one over another, and they finally just quit. Just finally couldn't take it no more. Can I say that glad for those just sitting in church, keep on going for God, I'm glad that those that even had some afflictions in their life, even though had been burdened, harassed, and they did not quit this morning. You just kept on serving God. You, you kept on being a blessing and a testimony for God in your walk with the Lord. I have, I have too many people tell me the reason they're not in church because they're mad at God. Mad at God. In fact, a man told me one time, I I'm mad at God. And I said, why are you mad at God? He said, because God let my brother die from alcohol poison. What? I said, that's, that's the wrong thing. God did not allow your brother to die on alcohol poison. That was your brother's choice. That was your brother's choice. Don't, don't sit and say, God, I'm mad at God because this happened, that happened. Don't get mad at God. God did not allow that to happen. But they're mad at God because of that. The reason they're mad at God is because in a backslidden condition. Because God allows something in life go wrong. I, I, I found out there are all kinds of people that blame all things on God. They want to blame God. I want to blame God why I don't go to church. I want to blame God why I don't pray. I want to blame God why I don't read the Bible. I just want to blame God. Why are you blaming God? God said, no, you ain't got to. You can just read your Bible if you want to. You can go to church when you want to. Don't let the afflictions rock you. Find some stability. And yes, I'm, I'm getting afflicted. I'm getting harassed. I'm being constant pressure on top of me. But don't let it affect you in a way. It'll run you out of the church. Don't let it put you in a bitter spirit. Don't let it get you in a backslid, split, backslidden spot. Don't let your fixings affect you with boastful standing. What boastful standing? How in the world did you get that at? Turn to Psalms 34, 19. Look, I thought about this way. If God allows you to constantly prevail, if God allows you to constantly to be able to stand against the wiles of this world, the flesh, the devil, listen to me. It is easy for us Christians to start poking out our chest Get boastful in thinking. I'm standing. Look what I did. I'm doing it. This is not the case. And look at Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. There you go. Right back to this text again. Many of the believers, many times they afflicted me. But watch the last part of that. 
But the Lord delivered him out of them all. I want everybody to understand that this morning, if you're not careful, if you go through enough afflictions, and if it doesn't affect you, uh, you are, if you're not careful, you'll get the idea that you are some kind of amazing Christian and you can stand on your own. Look what I've done. Look where I came from. Look at what I've done. You cannot do it on your own. Let me give you a news update. It is by the good grace of God that any of us are still standing this morning. That song, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. It's by the good grace of God that any of us standing this morning. If it hadn't been for God, we'd all give up. We'd all throw the tile in. We'd all walk away if it hadn't been for God. We all would be in backslidden condition. Mad at the whole thing. Thank God there are still some that still stand for God. They're not super Christians, but because we serve a great Savior. Not because we're somebody, but because He's somebody. We don't stand up and brag and boast and say, look what I've done. We stand up and brag and boast and say, look what He's done. There's not one of us here this morning can stand and testify that I made it through this or that because you're a good Christian, because of your own ability. There's not one of us can stand and say that. We bow our heads and lift up our hands, unworthy hands to the heavens and thank God for what he's done. Saying, Lord, thanks for Calvary. Thanks, God, we're still standing because of him, not me. We're still standing because of the blood. We're still standing because of Calvary. God, you prevailed for me. But you've got to put some effort into it. You've got to put effort into it. We'd have thrown in the towel long ago, but you've got to put some effort to it. Remember this. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by His Spirit. His Spirit. If you're able to stand, it's because God has given you the tools to stand. I, I've watched Barney and Andy Griffin shows so many times, it's pitiful. Wife says, I can just live out the whole scene, so every time one comes on, I can just live out the scene because I know I'm scared. But you, you notice how Barney is always doing things, getting himself into trouble. And, and you, you can already see it that he's already done said something, done something, and you know the end there is not going to be good. You know he's getting ready to get stepped on. Somebody's going to hurt him. Something's going to happen. But th- there's always Andy behind the scenes calling somebody, family, can you do this? Aunt B, can you do this? It's always Andy trying to make it out that when, when the end comes, Barney looks like he's doing everything great. That's the way it is. You just want to slap Barney. <laughs> You're so dumb, you can't see this. I remember one, he was, this guy challenged him. Barney thought he was something else. And he was standing out on the side of the road, and that guy was selling the food. And he, and he a big old guy, Barney, going to challenge him. And the he, and he, guy stopped, and he's going to get ready to get him, but Barney didn't see Andy standing behind him. And the guy started packing up and leaving. So he, he, 
Andy's got, got Barney's back. And I got to thinking about that. Everybody needs a friend like Bar Andy Griffin. Everybody needs a friend like Andy Griffin. Can I say every Christian needs a friend like God? Closer than a brother. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going to face, no matter what comes your way, he's, he's working it out. He's already started calling. He's already got the situation come. You may look at it and say, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how. But somehow you look back and say, I don't know how I got through that without God bringing me through that. God was riding the wrong all the way. God was leading the way. God was making it right behind the scenes. Ain't you glad God is working behind the scenes in your life today? He's making a way for you this morning. But don't, we, we're going to face afflictions in our life. You cannot avoid that. It's going to come. And can I say this? Afflictions come in church. Why? Because why? We're all sitting here in flesh. I think we're all in flesh, right? Ain't none of us. Somewhere else, alien or anything like that. But I think we're all, we're all in flesh. And we know affliction is going to come our way. But we know that we, we, we get afflicted. Something comes in our life. I know that I can get down on the altar and I can start praying. And God starts working it out for me right then and there. He's got it. He's got it. We know that affliction is going to come. But don't let it affect you in a way that makes you worse than what you are. When the affliction comes and you know it's going to come, prepare yourself. I don't care who you are. It's going to come. You can't stop it. But what you do when it does, say, I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm not going to become a bitter Christian. I'm not going to become a backslidden Christian. I am just going to go forward for God. I'm going forward. You know what, I find a lot of times, a lot of things, when it comes to our life, and we go through it, we come out better than we did when we started. We're better. So don't let the affliction make you bitter, but let it make you better. Amen? Amen. Let us stand.